It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning. It is time to get up and get out for Draymond Green. Holy smoke. Did you see what he did? What should the reaction be? We're all over it. Meanwhile, the more things change, the more they stay the same. The Cowboys were 10-3 and last year, too. We'll tell you why this time it will end differently. Plus, oh my goodness, did you hear what a former MVP said about these star quarterbacks? The question is, is he right? We've got all the answers. It's time to get up, starting right now here on ESPN. The sun has risen, and we got Hawk in the building for you guys. Go. We are delighted to welcome him here, the regular Wednesday crew, and we got Brian Windhorst and Jay Williams on his way in. We are rounding up the basketball people because of what happened while you were sleeping last night. If you haven't seen it, here it comes. In the NBA, Warriors forward Draymond Green ejected from last night's ultimate loss to the Suns after receiving a flagrant two for that swing and elbow to the head of Yusuf Nurkic. The ejection is Green's third of the season, his third in 31 days. He now awaits league office review for the possibility of suspension. Here he was. As you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell calls with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a call. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the car because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately, I hit him. What's going on with him? I don't know. Personally, I feel like that brother needed help. And I'm glad he not tried to choke me, but at the same time, it had nothing to do with basketball, man. Like I'm just out there trying to play basketball, you know, they're swinging. All right, so unless you should need a reminder, this was Draymond's third ejection in the last 31 days. Overall, he's now been ejected 18 times in his career. You'll recall four weeks ago, he was ejected after putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock. He was suspended five games for that. This was his sixth game back from that suspension. Overnight, our Richard Jefferson had this reaction. Dre, what are you doing, man? You're too important. You're too good. This is getting to a space, man, where... Like, you're hurting the game. This is bad for the game of basketball. What you are doing is bad for the game of basketball. And you are good for the game of basketball. But what you're doing, my brother, is bad for the game. All right, so this, again, happened overnight. So we are rounding everybody up. Thank you to Brian Winhorse for getting up early with us this morning. And Jay Williams, as we speak, is on a train on his way here and will jump in as soon as he makes it. Windy. We, we see it again last night, and obviously uh, Draymond, a uh, repeat offender, if you will, when it comes to this sort of thing. What is the expectation for how the league will react? Yeah, well, it's obviously going to be multiple games. I mean, what he's asking for is the benefit of the doubt. But, Greeny, the benefit of the doubt for Draymond Green left town literally years ago. And so what's extremely disappointing here is that he knows that he is on a very, very tight 
leash with this. The last two times he's been suspended, and just think about that statement. The last two times he's been suspended, Joe Dumars has said that the, the disciplines are in the NBA has said that his suspension is magnified because of his past behavior. So every time he steps out on the court, he knows that anything that he does is going to be magnified. So his suspension for this will be magnified. But that's not even really what my main reaction to this is, because we've seen Draymond do this for years. This this same act that he was, you know, trying to sell a call was the same thing he said about Stephen Adams like seven, eight years ago when he kicked him in the groin. What really is, is super upsetting for the Warriors is that they are at an absolute crucial point in their season, in their history. Guys, this is a $400 million payroll. Did you hear what I just said? $400 million. They are right at the edge here of this going either way. Bob Myers is gone. Steve Kerr is in the last year of his contract. Klay Thompson is in the last year of his contract. In this game last night, Steve Kerr pulled the ripcord on something. He benched Andrew Wiggins, Klay Thompson, and Kevon Looney down the stretch of this game. He didn't start Wiggins and Looney in the second half. He's going with his young guys. He's trying to stitch this season together to save it, to save this dynasty together. They're playing an important game against the Suns where Kevin Durant is not playing. They In Beal's first game back, they had this game. And it falls apart in the end of the game with Draymond gone because they need him so bad. All of this on the line, and as you just said, third ejection in one month. Considering everything, more than this, the replay that you're going to see of this 35 times in the next hour, regardless of what the suspension is, whether it's four games, five, nine, 12, eight, whatever it is, it's that Draymond Green is messing up this season that is so expensive and so valuable to this organization. Uh, look, I mean, th that is also a tale as old as time, right? This is a guy who got suspended during an NBA Finals, and practically every person uh, recognizes that the Warriors would have won that championship that year had that not happened. Having just said that, let's go back to the, the discipline piece of this. When Joe Dumars, and, and let, at the end of the day, Adam Silver in the league office, announced only a five-game suspension, whatever it was, three weeks ago after the incident with Rudy Gobert, I think the overriding reaction that we heard from most people was that that seemed light. It seemed like less than one might have expected. Here was that moment again, Draymond with the arm around the throat of Rudy Gobert and just would not let go. I think there were a lot of people, candidly myself included, who were surprised that the suspension was only five games. Now here we are six games upon his return and something like this happens again. If I'm waking up this morning and I'm Joe Dumars or Adam Silver, I feel as though I've been made a bit of a fool of here. Um, do, so, so, so if I were to ask you to speculate about what sort of a suspension we might be looking at, how would you do so? Well, the thing about it is, Greeny, we're kind of in unprecedented territory. We really haven't seen this sort of situation with Joe Dumars in this chair or with Adam Silver. You know, if this was just taken by itself, this is a flagrant foul penalty, too. This is a situation that if it were another player, they would look at potentially for a one-game suspension that they thought was super excessive, maybe two. So you think about that. You also think about the Draymond, magnif the ma the Draymond magnifier, which I guess is what I'm going to call it. So I would say maybe they would double that. I would think that if it was just a standalone situation, you'd maybe be looking at four-ish games. But the question is, do they want to send this message? You know, the, the last two times that they've suspended him, I mean, it's so crazy that you have this long list now. 
Joe Dumars has scolded him in the release. He has specifically said, and remember that, that suspension in the playoffs last year when he stepped on Sabonis and all these incidents, it's unbelievable. I have to have a, you know, a file. That was sort of a controversial suspension. And Dumars basically said, I did it because of your past history. And when they went the five games, he said, I did it because of your past history. So I'm kind of out of my depth here in trying to guess what might happen because we're out of our depth with dealing with this kind of behavior. All right, Wendy, stay with me if you can. I, everyone here, we, we all were talking, we all watched this this morning. Andrew Hawkins, welcome to Get Up. Thank you. <laughs> we're going to talk about Draymond Green before we even get your takes on the Cowboys or the Eagles or any of the other stuff around the world of football. But, Nick, I'll, I'll start with you. As, as you watch this and you hear the conversation, I mean, Draymond Green is the number one trending topic on what used to be called Twitter, and I have a feeling will be for a while. Yeah. What is your reaction? So I think um, immediately I have an emotional reaction just like everyone else, and I understand why you want to have a punitive reaction Action to Draymond Green because of his history. But I can't like shake myself of my union background and understand that we cannot let our emotional reaction set new precedent. Because the problem with Draymond is the only other time that I can think of something like this happening, I think it was 2012 when Ron Artest throws like an Aaron elbow yeah. and hits, and it seems awfully intentional, hits James Harden, he gets seven games for that. So as long as it's within that range, I think that's reasonable. The idea that there is any amount of punishment that's gonna curtail Draymond Green's behavior, I think that is full to believe that there's a punishment that can do that. I mean, you, as you pointed out, they lost in the finals yeah. in part because of that. If that's not enough to change him, this is who he is. So the reason for the punishment is not to deter great Draymond Green. It's to deter other people. And I think, honestly, it's the point that you made at the beginning, which is why the union must defend Draymond Green. It's because Adam Silver and Joe Dumars might be embarrassed. And we can't let how they feel publicly be the arbor or, like, decide how punitive you can be against any player. That's fair, but they may, be, they may feel embarrassed on behalf of their league. I mean, right. their, their job is to represent the league itself. I'm thinking Agreed. of situations. I'm, I'm going to say just some names. Vontez Perfect, to, to, to bring it into your sport. James Harrison, players who just repeatedly, and, and James was a different situation, but when they took the heading with the head out of the game and he just kept doing it over and over, perhaps couldn't stop. They got to a point there where they had to start levying suspensions Agreed. in the NFL, which is pretty rare are, to yeah. do. And those are very different circumstances than on an errant slap. Intentional or not, it's different than continuously aiming at people's heads. And I think your point is right. The league's job and Adam Silver's job is to protect the image of the league. The union's job and the players' job is to protect the players because they don't, I mean, I, I don't want to say, I don't want to sound like they're insensitive. They care about the players, but what's hired in on their stack of priorities is protecting the league. So if players' careers are shortened, and I know it's hard in these situations to defend guys like Draymond Green or defend anyone in these situations, but you have to understand you're not defending the player. You're defending the, the process. You're ensuring that they follow the same process. Mm -hmm. So I know in our meeting this morning, some big numbers are getting thrown around, and I'm pre I'm, 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 I'm preemptive cutting the legs out from yeah, under. We're going to disagree big on this. And two, two, two guys who have been in the – and I, I, I will say this. For, for Dumars and Adam Silver, all that, it's not just about Draymond Green. It's about players taking this in their own hands. Because I can assure you, everybody who continues to get slapped – Get, gets punched in the face without knowing it's coming. All the At some point, this is going to get bigger, right? And we can go and go back to the Pacers and, and, the, and the Palace Detroit. Like, this, I'm just going to tell you, people are only going to take it so much. And, and, and so if you want, you know, vigilante justice to, 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 to ensue, you're going to allow this behavior to continue to go, right? Like, because I'm going to tell you, there's other enforcers on other teams, and guys are going to only have so much. And it's not, my, my issue with Draymond Green is, it always, three, three 
suspensions in 31 days? I mean, are you kidding me? Like, at some point, it's like, we're not, it, it's not just the process. It's one guy. He can't get himself right. That's the issue. Yeah, again, this was his sixth game back after the five-game yeah, suspension. Oh. Kmart, do you have a reaction? I, I just love Jeff saying the, the phrase vigilante justice. Um, but think <laughs> about the reaction, post-game reaction. He says, well, at least he didn't strangle me. Like, yeah. at least he didn't choke me. Like, that's where we're at. Right. That, to me, rises to, I get, I get uh, my union boss over here. Yeah, I get y'all it, get Dominique. all dramatic. But yeah. when you Jeff get red, his, his <laughs> neck get all red, <laughs> get all <laughs> worked right up one time. But, Relax. But, 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 Dominique, you said an errant slap. That was not errant. Okay, an intentional slap. Yeah. yeah okay, it's fine. <laughs> I agree with you, but I, my point is you're, you're trying to make punishments in anticipation of a repeat of the mouths in the palace. That is not how you run a fair and equitable justice process. Take all That's that. All I'm, I'm just saying, and I, I'll, one second. I, take all that away. Mouths in the palace, perfect, all these other things. Just look at Draymond Green. Like, the Green. man just got suspended. That's why I chose Ron Artest as the example, because he's also someone with the history. You can't just start changing stuff. Ron Artest hit a history. He elbowed Harden, gave him a concussion, and he got seven games. So, no one's throwing out them big numbers that Joe was throwing in the meeting. So, I'm No, no, no. I'm, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not saying 20. 20 games. 20, okay. I, I think 20 is much. I'm not with Jeff on 20. I will be very surprised if he's not suspended at least 10 games. I, I will be That's very surprised much. if he's not. Look, at the end of the day, I've been watching the game 50 years. You can talk about errant all you want. I've seen guys try to sell calls for a long time. They don't usually hit a guy in the head that hard with their elbow. There's a lot more than that going on here. Hawk, welcome to the program. What is your your reaction to this? And then we'll get to the football. I mean, my my biggest thing, and you talk about the context with with Ron Artest, but even the context given this with the previous suspensions in such a short span of time, and no, it's not football where you're hurting players because you're launching at their heads with helmets. But with the context of the sport, it is the equivalent in the game of basketball. And the problem is exactly what you said, Jeff, is that you are isolating yourself from people who are standing up for you. Because That's right. The NFLPA didn't want it with Vontez Burfick was going on. I was his teammate. Other players in the league were scared to play against him and as well as the league. And so he had nobody standing on his side. Draymond, unfortunately, is putting himself in that same scenario. All right. Let me pause on this. Wendy, thank you for – stay close by. And we're yeah. coming back to this in a little while again. Jay Will's on his way here. We'll have much more on this because clearly it is the story of the night, maybe the story of the season. We will talk about the Cowboys as we continue, which we didn't get to here. They play the Bills this weekend. That's one of the most interesting and important games on the NFL schedule. To date, we'll talk about both of those teams and their long-term prognosis. Plus, how about the Eagles? What's wrong with Jalen and the Birds? Is it time to panic in Philly? Hawk has fascinating insight, and you will hear it. A Hawk on the Eagles next. Get up on ESPN. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals.
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We continue on Get Up. Once again, the overwhelming story. While you were sleeping, Draymond Green involved in another incident in the NBA last night, as you see it here, in what was ultimately a Warriors loss to the Suns, the elbow to the head of Yusuf Nurkic. We had reaction right off the top of our show. Jay Williams will be here shortly. We'll have more reaction as the morning continues. In the meantime, to the NFL, let's begin in Dallas, where Dak Prescott and the Cowboys have won five straight, and they have a huge game looming this weekend against Buffalo. The Cowboys are 10-3. and That's the same record they had this time last year. But this time, Jerry Jones is more optimistic. What is your greatest reason for optimism that this year is going to be different? I really think that uh, uh, Dak playing... Uh, the way he's playing um, uh, in coordination with uh, what Mike's wanting uh, it to be on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they have a little different perspective when they're calling the plays on offense if they're the coordinator as well. And it's more complimentary. And I think we're getting the benefit of that. All right, so I was asking Hawk about that in the meeting this morning, and you had a very interesting insight into Mm. Jerry's not just talking here. In this case, he is exactly right. He's absolutely right because Mike McCarthy has come in and he's given detail to this offense. I love the fact in the offseason when he said, I'm going to be the play caller, he put it all on his shoulders. And by putting it on his shoulders, he relieved some of that pressure off of Dak, and you can see it in the game plan. The West Coast offense is so nuanced. It's so detailed. And this is different than last year. It's even different than it was at the beginning of this season because wide receivers, the tight end in Ferguson and Dak, have to be seeing the same thing. And the level of detail and chemistry they've built, you see it. Last year, Dak would be going into games, and they would just have a bunch of options. And you could see that he had an option going into the play, and when it didn't um, materialize, he didn't know what to do, and he would force a lot of throws. This year, he knows he has the answers to the test because the pressure is off his shoulders because by going through his progression, by knowing the details of what comes down the field, he's been better. He's actually playing less risk averse, which is a best version of Dak. 
He's playing loose. When he was saying that this morning, you were nodding as, as yeah. vigorously as I've ever no, seen No, it's you. well said, right? Like last year was a concept-driven offense, right? They're going to go in and they're going to have certain things that Dak really loves. But when somebody takes it away, what do we go to, right? Yep. Now it's all precision-driven on a West Coast offense. It's all timing. When is this guy going to be here? When is he going to cross? When is he going to be open? Ball's got to be on time. I think when, you, when you're watching the Cowboys, you're watching Dak Prescott, it couldn't have the schedule they had couldn't have come at a better time after the San Fran game because they got some defenses they could take advantage of and we were all like oh they're beating bad teams well there's that's some good time for that right because you're building confidence so when you do you have one game you lose to the Eagles in a tight game then you come back in a few weeks you play them and you beat the brakes off of them so you're seeing this offense continue to evolve as as Hawk is saying throughout the season you gotta like where they are because the confidence is really what they have lacked in the past. Is it Speaking different this time? the psychology of the team. Yes. Um, no, it feels different because, to me, Dak is a new man. And not just on the field, but off, like, on camera. Like, just the way he talks to the media, he is 100% authentic. And, we, you know, I feel like in the past, Dak would say the right thing. And now he's like, I don't really care what any of you think. And that's the part, I think, because he's confident in himself and this offense. Now, I will say... Give Mike McCarthy credit for adjusting because the offseason talk was about eliminating mistakes. We're going to be aggressive. But they started the season, yeah, I know they put up 40, but it it didn't feel like they were allowing Dak to win the game. It was Mm -hmm. like, don't mess up. And I think there was a point in the season where it flipped and it's like, you are the franchise guy. Now go lead us. And they've allowed him to do that. It's interesting to say that we're taking pressure off of Dak, but it does seem like they're asking him to do more. But it is about him feeling comfortable. And I think consistent in the story of the season is the story that, that Hawks started us off with. They're getting better. And yeah. that suggests yeah. that they're getting more comfortable with each other and in this offense. If you remember back to some of the most um, painful interceptions that Dak threw last year, it was a couple inches off here or there. And the difference between the West Coast offense and what they were doing last year is they had a lot more like latitude to make decisions about breaks and cuts and right. what, what window to go to. Yeah. This is very different. It's yeah. like you, you need to be here, right yeah. there, at this particular time. And Dak Prescott, I think one of his strengths is intelligence. Like he is one of the best players when it comes to getting to the line of scrimmage, pre-snap, understanding what you're going to see. Yes. And if you take that that pressure off of him, if he can figure out, all right. I see this, you see this. That means at this moment, I'm going to do that. It makes it a lot easier for yeah. them than trying let, let, to read through the play and say, all right, if this isn't open, then switch to here and find that. No, you 100%. know it's going to be open. Think about this. Think about the, the issues that the Chiefs have had with Patrick Mahomes yeah. and the receivers not being on the same yeah. page at the same moment, right? Just a little bit, like the depth yeah. of route, where they're cro- and, and how, how uh, complicated it feels for the best in the world to do it. That is what has been eliminated in Dallas. Everybody is seeing it the same way. Everybody's expected to be in the same place, the right place, the right time, and that's how their offense is going. Does that add up to more success in the postseason, which is when this will really matter? Absolutely. And you're seeing that trajectory that these guys are talking about. If you go back to that Cardinals game, Brandon Cooks and Dak Prescott specifically, because their connection, yeah, we talk about CeeDee Lamb, he's been amazing, Ferguson has come on, but Brandon Cooks has been the reason why defenses have to play them honest. Right. And in that game, there are quick game throws that Dak Prescott is double clutching. There are times he's expecting Brandon Cooks to sit down in zone and he's running through it, but so very clearly not having the detail that Neek is talking about. This offense goes down to the steps, and the reason why he feels so confident that even if you're not in that timing, he can get out of the pocket and know that those routes are going to be in a certain place, and he's still making those plays down the field. Is this the time? Is this finally the year? If it's not now, I honestly don't uh, know when. It all sounds good to the 49ers. There you go. No, that's the thing, because the question of, like, can they win the NFC East? 
Sure, but that schedule, like they, they have a golden opportunity to prove that everything we've I been like seeing them. will continue. But again, uh, they still got to do it. I like Dominique, them. Dominique, oh. <laughs> I like them. I okay, want to like sure them. You say, but... Make sure you say that in the group chat, in the uh, family uh, group chat. Uh, sure I, I, you... We're honest around here. Like, yeah, they, <laughs> they know that is. I think they're better than everyone in the NFC. Except for Except the Niners. For the yeah. Niners. They, they're going into that San Francisco Invitational that is yes. the <laughs> NFC playoffs. Hey, ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN for exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities. Sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sports book bet. Download the app. Sign up today. What a play. All right, I just saw Jay Williams walk in. His train has arrived. He came in rapidly after this happened overnight. What should the league's reaction to Draymond Green be this time? Don't miss that next. Plus, what's wrong in Philly? Is it time to panic after two straight blowouts? Are the Eagles in trouble? We'll answer that question, too. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We are back on Get Up, and at the bottom of the hour, if you're just joining us, this is the story from overnight in the NBA. The Warriors' Draymond Green ejected from their game last night against Phoenix because of that moment. It was ultimately a Warriors' loss, but the story here was this swing to the head of Yusuf Nurkic. It resulted in Green's third ejection of the season. Now we await word from the league office for the possibility of another suspension. Here was Draymond after the game. It wasn't my intention um, to make that, that contact, any contact at all, really. Like I said, I was spinning away and trying to sell the foul. And unfortunately, bad luck. Um, trying to draw a foul and I made contact with him. I'll be the first to tell you anytime I intend to do something, um, anytime something was wrong, the, the turnout was wrong, but that wasn't my intention. Okay, and so that's uh, his explanation. We'll see what comes of this. He has been suspended five times in his career. Three of those have come in this calendar year, twice last season, and then most recently, just a month ago, after the headlock incident with Rudy Gobert. That resulted in a five-game suspension. This last night was his sixth game back from that. Uh, we bring Brian Windhorst back into the conversation, and then our MVP today is Jay Will. We literally woke him up from a dead sleep. He jumped on a train, and here he is. So thank you. What is your initial reaction to what we saw last night? 15 to 20 games suspension. Um, I thought the NBA was light on him, Grinny, when they gave him a five-game suspension. Four weeks ago, I called for a 10-game suspension. 
And, and frankly, I even thought the post-game interview was even more patronizing and condescending. Why? Because first off, there was barely contact. And if you watch anything in the post, and I get the game was a physical game last night, there's no contact. And to say that that wasn't intentional, that's a lie. That was intentional. That was dumb. That was a spaz move. And that was intentional. And uh, look, I think Draymond Green has a chance to go down as one of the best defenders in basketball history. But frankly, like he's going to be paying close to $3 million in fines for suspension screening. $3 million. This is three games he's been ejected from in 23 games. And at some point, we need to stop, you know, perpetuating this type of action. And I'm going to start to question what is, you know, when you think about Adam Silver and how they go about doing this and his relationship with the NBA, like I think five games was way too low to begin with, with the choking out of Rudy Gobert. I thought that was indefensible. I thought there was no need for that in basketball. This is a non-basketball-related move. Yeah. You're not selling a foul by spinning and slapping somebody with an open or closed fist. You're not doing that. Here again, for those of you who don't recall or hadn't seen it, this was the incident a month ago with Rudy Gobert. He was suspended five games for that, as Jay just mentioned. Many of us, myself included, were surprised it was only five games. Again, last night was his sixth game back. And I will say again, Jay, to the other point that you were making, I've been watching the game 50 years. I've seen a lot a lot of people sell a lot of calls. It does not result in that. It does not result in someone swinging as wildly as he does in that moment. Whether the whether it was intentional or not, it was most certainly at minimum reckless. Rennie, as a former player, if you want to square up, square up with me. Don't hit me with a cheap shot. Square up with me, man e man. And but I've been seeing a lot of cheap shots. And the last thing I will call for, I really think Joe Dumars needs to recuse himself. I think this needs to go all the way up to Adam Silver. Because? Because I think the five-game penalty, it's been too light. Nobody set a firm example with Draymond by saying this is not acceptable behavior in the league. On national TV, when there's been nothing, there's been nothing, no need, no physical reaction to even get it to that place in the first place. When do you get in here? Yeah, so it is. I agree with Jay that the post-game press conference was not helpful. I do not think he's got a future as a defense attorney. Saying that it was bad luck, that's a tough thing to say, that he was bad luck that he made contact. Um, if this was a standalone situation and this was just player A, this would be a flagrant two foul. The league would look at it for a suspension for one or two games, probably one. The Draymond multiplier, as I am coining it, because that's what Joe Dumars has basically done the last two suspensions. In a normal, in a vacuum, we might be looking probably about five games. What I can't predict is what punitive action they may take. I don't know what Joe Dumars has said to Draymond on the, after the last suspension, if this was the last straw or whatever. But I will go back to more than this actual act is how he is hurting the Warriors. They are 2-5 and five this year in games where he has been ejected or suspended. They are three games below 500. They are in 11th place. They have a $400 million payroll. Everybody knows this could be the last dance. And whether he's suspended for five games or 12 or whatever, he's hurting the team badly. And that is what was on the front of my mind last night. Not his individual choices, not how the league will come down on this and how we're going to adjudicate it is how much damage he is doing to his team. And I have no sympathy for the Warriors on this because they just signed him to a $100 million contract knowing exactly who he is. Okay, f fair enough. So as you can tell, there are a lot of tentacles, if you will, to the story. Now, Dominique, 
said earlier that you were uncomfortable to some degree. I'll remind everyone that Neek was the president of the NFLPA, and you had a high-ranking role at the NBA Players Association yeah, as well, didn't you? Back in the day, I was the chief operating officer. Chief operating officer of the NBA union as well. I, what is your reaction? I would like to drain this situation of the emotion. Because I think what happens in situations like this is we all get angry and upset and emotional, and then we provide cover for the league to set new precedent. And that new precedent is what future players will have to live by. And the problem here is we all can get behind this. This is what happened to us in football a number of times. We can get behind being punitive for Draymond Green. But then when we have already allowed them to say, well, you can do 20 games for a backwards hand slap, when they do it in the future to someone else, they're going to point to this precedent and we won't have a, land, a leg to stand on to say that this is too punitive. So my concern in this situation is that. And the other thing is arguing that you can, arguing that there's amount of punishment that will address Draymond Green's behavior, I think is a mistake. Because Draymond Green has proven that there is no punishment. Losing the NBA Finals was not enough for him to start acting the way that we think that he's supposed to act. So I just know that as a player, it's important for us to defend the players. The league's, the league's responsibility is to do what's best for the league, not for the players. I hear you. What I will say is the next player who hits someone in exactly that way, if a month ago they choked another player on the floor, if they have a history of the throwing and the kicking and the elbows and everything else, then that will be different than if it is a player. Whitney just used the term the multiplier, Dominique. I, I mean, that does make sense to me. I, I don't have a problem with any of that. But that's why I used the example I used earlier of Ron Artest. In 2012, he elbowed James Harden, causing a concussion to James Harden. Ron Artest is the same guy with that type of reputation. Yeah. And Ron Artest got seven games. So, all right, Draymond Green, maybe there is some uh, time value of money to now he gets eight games. But once we start talking about 15 to 20, can I, can I say something that's scary. Jay, get in. about Ron? Yeah. Because I've known Ron my whole life. When, when, that, when things happen like Ron, Ron always seemed remorseful in his postgame presser. So after the choke out of That's Rudy fair. Gobert, one of the things that Draymond Green said, the consensus among all of us is that I'm going to be me no matter what. That's never going to change. Yeah. So like when I, when I hear non-remorsive types of articulation after incidents like this, and then I hear another example, it makes me think that you aren't getting the message. It's not resonating with Agreed. you. And I get with you on what the example is, but after a while, like if you're a repeated offender, when do you draw a firm line, Neek? I know. Even I'm from with the player side. I'm with you. So I'm, and I want point, to represent all the players. My point is that the there is no amount of punishment that is going to curtail Draymond Green's behavior. We've learned that. Like I mentioned earlier, they lost the finals in part because he couldn't control his. I action. agree. He got a, he punched his teammate. Like we we choked somebody last week. There is no amount of punishment that's going to change Draymond Green's behavior. So if you want to do something about Draymond Green, thinking or using the argument that we got to teach Draymond Green a lesson, I think that's a mistake because he told you and his behavior tells you that he ain't going. Change. I, Jeff Saturday, I can see a sort of chomping. Uh, no. coming, uh, get one. <laughs> Jeff just want me, me and the Dukey. Are we on the same side right now? That's, yeah, that's, that's the Carolina guy. What is your What is your reaction? I couldn't to all disagree with, with with Fox more. I mean, listen, I, I understand that you, people, you know, you you want to try to protect a player. At some point, the player's behavior has decided for itself. There's no and, and th there's very little protection you can offer right. him. He he has literally struck his teammate in the face. So all of these. So you're saying. It, the punitive part no, won't change him. So what would change him? Because at Same. some point, this is going to become, it's yeah, going to explode because a player is not
not going to tolerate I, it. My anymore. point is, I'm not protecting the player. I'm protecting the process. I agree. Once, okay. you, once you start breaking the process for certain incidences, then you are ceding amount of power okay. to, to the business I that you, I that you will regret. I understand at some the point. concern, but my point is, after if three suspensions in 31 days doesn't get something more than eight okay. games because That's Ron Artest got seven I, in 2012. I'm not, I'm not the leader of the NBA Players Union, but I just would like them to make sure that they know that what the decision that they are making. You are not making a decision only to suspend, suspend Draymond Green. You are making a decision to cede some level of power. If you go 15 to 20 games without yeah. fighting it, you are then well, saying I, that wait, 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 a wait. swing slap in the face can get you 15. Hold on, let me hold on wait, 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 Jeff. Yeah. We're talking about two different things. Yeah. If the league sets the punishment, for 15 to 20 games, the PA will probably appeal. Yeah, they got to fight it. Right, they're going to fight it. Sure. That's going to happen, right? So I hear what you're yeah, saying on you're the right. PA side, but the league and their demands are something different. Let, let me ask so, you this. Though. Quick let final me, word, yeah, go. Let me ask you this. So if, if from the, the suspension process, you say he was, he, was, he was suspended three times, the last two times in six days, if this happens again, our precedent will be 15 games. How many players do you think would go, hey, man, I disagree with that? I don't know. I Not mean, many, bro. No, nobody in this situation. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that, that's my point. Of, so okay, that, I don't we're think good. you're setting so a precedent you are because set, okay, you're doing so that. Next time if, it happens, someone happens with three okay. times in 31 days. Right, let me yeah, leave that fine. there for the moment. We will have more on this right. as we go. Wendy, stay close by. Jay is here. We'll keep talking about don't this. Don't forget that we will have more NBA action coming up on Friday night. We'll have a doubleheader. We got LeBron and the Lakers taking on Wimby in the Spurs. Then you will see KD and the Suns hosting the Knicks. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. We'll get back to football in a moment. Did you hear what Cam Newton had to say about these star quarterbacks? The question is, is he right? And the answer is next. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets. Winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. We're back on Get Up. Let's get back to some football. The game is called Super Bowl Contender 
or pretender? Hawk, Kansas City Chiefs, contenders or pretenders for the Super Bowl? Absolutely contenders. They have the best player on planet Earth, and that's always going to make them contenders. Did you see that fire from him at the end of the Bills game? Was Kadarius Toney offsides? Absolutely. But did Patrick Mahomes have a right to be upset? No, he did not. But he has one five, and he has that kind of fire. Trust and believe the other teams don't have him. They will always be a contender. All right, you threw a changeup on us there, and I liked it. Jeffrey, Dolphins, Super Bowl, contender, pretender. Tyreek Hill's healthy, contender. Listen, the AFC, you just talked about it. The people that we all thought were the Chiefs were going to be this unstoppable force, they have not been that this season. They can put up points. Their defense has gotten progressively better. You're seeing Mike McDaniel now. They, they, they gave one away against Tennessee. They shouldn't have lost. This team will be in the mix towards the end. Neek, let's go to the NFC. Let's talk about the Eagles. Super Bowl, contenders or pretenders? They're still contenders. Let's not get carried away. They had a couple bad weeks, but they still have all of the pieces on offense that they need. They have some issues on defense, but they're not without talent. Two pretty good corners and an excellent D-line. I think these guys are contenders. It's not us. It's not them against the field like it was last year, but they still could go on a good run in the playoffs. Kmart, I've not had you this week here. We've had a lot of people writing off the Eagles. I've had a lot of doom and gloom and naysayers and all that. What face are you going to make at me on that one today? It's just ridiculous. I'm old enough to remember when Jalen Hurts was described as the ultimate closer. Mm -hmm. I'm old enough to remember when people were like, you know what, they may not look the same, but they still look pretty damn good. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, can the Eagles win the Super Bowl? Listen, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown are not going to fumble the football every single week. Like, that's not going to happen. I will say defensively, they're secondary. Like, the passing yards that they've given up is an issue. But when you have Jalen Hurts, we literally spent weeks of this season saying, "If give me Dak may be playing the best, but give me Jalen if I got to win a game tonight. And, and now all of a sudden we're wondering if this is a team that can actually win the division and win a Super Bowl. I think it's crazy. Are we wondering at Hawk? Yeah, yeah. I, oh! I, 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 Hawk? I, don't I, do I it. still think the don't Eagles are contenders. It. I don't think this guy is false. Okay. Okay. Absolutely Ooh. not. Tell For me why. A lot of reasons. Yes, they've had a a tough two weeks against the toast of the NFC, and that's where the Eagles fans feel the worst because they they lay an egg against the 49ers, and then they lose at Dallas. But this is off of a five-game stretch where they beat teams like the Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Bills in an overtime win. To go against the 49ers after 10 10 days off Mm -hmm. when they've been preparing and then go on the road, that's a tough proposition. People have been nervous because the way that they've won those games have been close or they've had been comeback victories. I think that's a good thing because they're battle-tested and they've still been able to, 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 to tally a 10-3 and record with no offensive identity and their defense being the Golden Corral because everybody gets So, look, point, <laughs> point differential yeah. is not always indicative of what's happened, but it sometimes is predictive of what's going to happen. And I'll say it again. The Cowboys this year, all these three teams I'm about to say to you are 10-3. and three. All right. The Cowboys have outscored their opponents this year by 188 points. The 49ers have outscored their opponents by 175 points. The Eagles have outscored their opponents by 21 points. I mean, they are literally just sneaking by. Hawk doesn't think that's a problem. Do you? Absolutely. I think, I mean, they're not as good as those other teams. We can't pretend that they're not. Do I think that it means that they're not contenders? No, I still think they're contenders, but it's a problem. Over the course of a sample size that large, you should have a bigger point differential. We we talk bad about teams like the Giants and the Vikings last season when they got into the playoffs and got records higher than their point differential suggested they, they should. So we should do the same thing for the Eagles if we trust that stat. I do think it's a problem, but they have 
uh, overhaul on both of their co both sides of the ball as far as coaching staff. So there is hope that their coaching staff has improved the same way that you expect players to improve, and they get better towards the end of the season to play well. I get it, but I think when I think about the playoffs in the Super Bowl, like I don't think you're going to be outscoring teams by 20 points in the Super Bowl, right? Like the last two Super Bowls. Probably the score was a point differential of like three points. Yeah. So to me, it's sort of like. I think oh. when we when we talk about point differential, point differential is supposed to be a measure of how good your team is. Mm -hmm. It's not meant to say that this team is good at winning close games. So I'm not arguing that yeah. their ability to win close games isn't going to help them going forward. I'm arguing that they put themselves in too many close yeah. games that yeah. at some point they're going to lose because of it. it here is a reflection from last year that are different from this year. Explosive plays. Last year they were plus 41. They're plus one. Mm -hmm. Right. Explosive plays, whether you like it or not, is the most determining factors yeah. of winning. By the way, San Francisco leads the league in offensive and defensive, right? So that's why they're sitting where they're Also, you look at Jalen Hurts, who you were just talking about. He's got 15 turnovers this year. He had late eight all of last year. Two major factors on why you go through. And when you play the good teams, yeah. when you play the Dallas, as you play the San Francisco's, but – all that being said, they got four get-right games. Mm. This is no different than where the Cowboys were sitting after San Francisco. They got four games they should win, all four, get themselves right to go into the playoffs on the upslope. And I'm telling you, it's a different team when you hit the playoffs after you get right. You saw it with the Cowboys. Yeah. Like, you literally saw the Cowboys transform, and we all mocked who they were beating, Dak's beating poor defense and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? It still wins. You still build confidence. You still go in and play with that confidence in the playoffs. We will see. And, again, that game got flexed into Monday night. So, we will have the Eagles and the Seahawks uh, coming your way on Monday night football. Meanwhile, I want to do one sound off here on an otherwise very busy morning because you need to hear what Cam Newton had to say about a couple of the MVP favorites this year. Brock, Parody, Tua Tonga-Valoa, Jared Goff, and really, Dak Prescott. Hmm. These are game managers. They're, they're not difference makers. When you say game manager, I'm not asking you to go out and win the game. I'm just asking you not to lose. Not to lose the game. Exactly. That's, listen, I don't give a damn what you do. You don't have to score every time. You just don't have to throw a pick every time either. If we're going to really call a spade a spade, there's a difference between managers of the game and difference makers of a game. Like, give me a break. I'm just so, like, honestly, like, move past the outfit for a second. Um, <laughs> he literally said, in the year of 2023, where it's all about NFL backups, where is Cam? Not on an NFL roster, right? So he's talking about all these NFL game managers. He sounds like the people literally tweeting at me from their basement, like, get back in the kit. Like, it's like, you are at home watching me like like just 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 turn the tv off probably like, in the kitchen <laughs> like it, it just sounds so right. foolish i'm i guess I, I, i'm taken aback by a lot of that I mean, is can anyone explain it i i i don't want to hear quarterback analysis from people that are still trying to be quarterbacks in the nfl because yeah. there's a clear bias to yes. it that being said none of those players to me are game managers now here's the controversial part here's the, the little hint of truth in what he's saying is that I, I always think about quarterbacks in the NFL like cooks versus chefs. Mm -hmm. uh, a cook is someone who uh, executes established recipes, whereas a chef is someone you can just roll out there. Aaron Rodgers is a chef. You don't really need a fully baked out offense for Aaron Rodgers. He can go out there, 
figure it out because he has such an offensive field. There are very, very few quarterbacks like that. Do I think Dak Prescott, Tua, Brock, and Jarrett are benefiting from incredible offensive coordinators who are giving them great game plans? Absolutely. But that is NFL football. That is not a game manager. You're dressed too nicely to agree with Cam. Exactly. (laughs) You clearly just said what he said. Just use some different words. I would say that it's called Funky Friday. That's his podcast. He wants you to download, rate, and review. He's saying some wild stuff so he can get on Get Up. So please do that man a favor because that's absurd. Dak Prescott? When he said Dak's name, I was telling jokes. First of all, when you put golf, when you Put Jerry Golf and Dak Prescott in the same conversation like, right there. He's selling sponsorships. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he, he is he could not be more wrong about Brock Purdy and about Dak Prescott. Because let me tell you something. I don't care what system you have, I don't care what players you have, you have to execute. Brock Purdy has put has thrown more tight window passes than any quarterback in the last two years. Dak Prescott has scored what 28 touchdowns and two and like you still have to execute it. So what what how is that? management of a game, bro. Like, that's not management. That is creating plays and whatever the play design is. You think Peyton Manning didn't benefit from having Reggie Wayne Absolutely. and Marvin Harrison yeah. and Dallas Clark and Edron James and Marshall Falk or Tom Brady didn't benefit? Like, like everybody benefits for your team. That's why you have a team. Not one dude is doing it. So, right. if you are one, do you don't think he benefited from Steve Smith? I was going to say, was like, dog, bro. is he not Greg in that Olsen? category? Yeah, Greg, like, are we supposed like, to believe? Where are we with that kind of, like, like, it should be be all of us together. That's why it's the best team game in the world. I can't stand when people separate them, but when you put those dudes in the same conversation, you lost me. All right, let's leave it there for the moment. We'll have much more football as we go. And of course, if you are just waking up or just getting up with us this morning, this is the story of the day. While you were sleeping, Draymond Green did that to Yusuf Nurkic. The question is, what will the reaction be? There's been a lot of debate and it will continue next. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. 